everyone. Welcome to Birth to Motherhood. I'm your host, Victoria, and this is a podcast where I invite mothers to come on and share their unique birth stories. Whether it's a traditional hospital birth or a serene home birth, I believe these stories can be a source of healing and inspiration for many. So without any more delay, let's get started. This is Birth to Motherhood. Welcome to the show. Today I am here with Marissa. Marissa, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, I'm Marissa. Um, I live in Colorado. I have three beautiful children, two daughters and a son. Um, my husband sets tile <laughs> and I'm a stay-at-home mom. Um, I just recently got into doula work, but I would say I've been pretty obsessed with birth for ever since my daughter was born pretty much, which was seven years ago. Um, she had we had a hospital birth and after that um kind of just got my brain turning a little bit so um i'm excited to be able to help other women and to support them and dive into that so it's a little bit about me (laughs) do you like being a stay-at-home mom yes it's hard we have a puppy right now we we just got a puppy so (laughs) it's like having another child (laughs) another child it really is yeah we got a dog before I had my first and like a huge thing with me was like it has to be potty trained I can't stand it going in the house but like that was such a nightmare to deal with like thank god we got her during during COVID so like I actually have to do that oh my gosh I can only imagine if I was working I'm like oh my gosh yeah well (laughs) actually we haven't had any potty the one thing that hasn't happened so that's okay it takes time great trained already which is great (laughs) So nice. hopefully it's not an issue, but yeah, we are dealing with what that. What kind right of now. dog is it? She's a labradoodle, so nice. she's really cute. Um, They're adorable. I, I do wish sometimes <laughs> that I had gotten one before I had kids, so that I could have like a trained dog and Aww. not train with oh, children it's... running around. But it's fine. <laughs> They're happy, it so it's okay. Fun. Extra chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> it's very chaotic, but it's okay. That's why I'm in the closet right now. <laughs> so, That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, do you want to start with your first birth? Then? Um, so I've never like actually, I've kind of bad. I've never actually like written down my story before. So this is, this is like the first time of me actually talking through every birth at one, like all at once. Like yeah. I've talked in snippets, you know, with my friends, but never like shared it. So it's exciting. Um, so my first daughter, I got married when I was 18. So went straight from getting married to getting pregnant like two months after um and we wanted it wasn't like a surprise it was planned we really wanted kids and um my mom had had natural births at the hospital she had never had any epidural or c-section she had pretty long labors but that was really all I knew about birth was like my own birth story and my siblings um I have two siblings and so um I just, that's kind of what I was like, okay, I'm going to do a natural hospital birth because that's what my mom did. And, um, she had an episiotomy with me and things like that. So I knew I didn't want that because she told me the horror story of that. And, um, so yeah, I just, I, I trusted the system and I, I mean, I grew up in like a very holistic home, but as far as like birth went, I didn't know anybody who had ever done a home birth besides my one of my mom's friends um so I just went the hospital route (laughs) and uh, I think I had a pretty decent OB she was um she listened to me pretty well she wasn't really pushy with a lot of stuff but um you know I'd sit in the waiting room and for you know like 30 40 minutes then get into the room wait for another like sometimes it's almost an hour 
only to have her come in, you know, and talk to me for like, you know, five minutes and then, you know, I'd get weighed and do the pee and, you know, all that stuff. And then, um, and then that was it. (laughs) So, um, but like, I didn't know any different at that time. Yeah. Yeah, Most people don't. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, so then, um, I had HG during my pregnancy with her. That was really hard. Uh, my mom had that too. So, uh, I don't know if it's genetic or not. I don't know. I've, I've heard it can do with like thyroid function and stuff too. Um, but I had it really bad and I, let's see, I don't remember how far along I was when it got really bad. I, I had to quit work. Like I was working at target wow. <laughs> at the time and I would have to like run because I worked in electronics in the very back. So I'd have to like either run to the very back restroom to go throw up or the very front. Oh. And I ended up like not making it to the toilet. <laughs> this one time and after that like I threw up all over myself and I just went out to my car I didn't even like tell my boss I was like Uh, I just just left and then I called my boss and I was like I'm not coming back (laughs) (laughs) sorry that was terrible um and then I ended up going to urgent care at one point almost had to get IVs then I they put me on uh oh not Zofran the other one Fenergan I think is what it's called um and that helped enough to where like I could I could take a, one of those pills I could eat like and then have my food settle for like 20 30 minutes and then throw up the rest of it oh. <laughs> so, oh. so I, like I ate like crap during my pregnancy because I was just oh. like all I craved was like junk because probably because there's a lot of calories and a lot of like sodium and just you know all that stuff yep um so went through that whole pregnancy with that and as hard as it was, I loved it. Like I loved feeling her move and it's just magical, you know? And, um, I had, uh, what's it called? The like bacteria, uh, why am I forgetting the name of it? Um, you know, like they test, they swab you for, uh, oh, um, I think the, is <laughs> the, the GBS with, one. Yes. Yes. GBS. Um, I had that with her. Oh, wow. Um, so they were really concerned with like any type of contractions happening because they were afraid, you know, if the water, if my water broke too soon, that it could, you know, cause an infection for her. They're really pushy about that. So I ended up, um, at like 37 weeks. I think I was, I was getting, I was like three centimeters dilated at that point. Um, so not knowing that I shouldn't have asked for, you know, a, a cervical like exam they checked me and um I was getting a lot of Braxton Hicks and stuff all the time and I was just getting impatient and so I asked them to uh sweep my membrane <laughs> because I was like almost 38 weeks and I was just like ready to have her and the things I know now <laughs> like bad <laughs> idea <laughs> but um and so then they did that but they said if you have any type of contraction at all come in right away um, because I had GBS and so of course a cervical sweep is going to cause contractions most likely and so I went home got um got like just did my own thing went through dinner all that stuff was having some pretty pretty consistent contractions um they probably lasted the whole the whole afternoon and evening so I was like okay these are contractions I was timing them they were I don't remember how far apart they were, but they were consistent enough to where I was like, this is probably labor. So I went back in, they got me like into my room and, you know, got my IVs going. Um, and I was there for 17 hours. Um, and they had like, they do antibiotics for GBS. I don't know if you've, you probably know that, but, um, so I had, excuse me, um, two, four hour doses of um, so it's like four a four-hour round of antibiotics, and they take a four-hour break, and then it's another four hours of antibiotics, and they don't want you to really progress until after that's all in you. Um, they really scared me with with GBS, and I know it. There's there is a real issue with that sometimes, but it's like a very tiny percentage of mm-hmm. people that actually have that happen to them and have a bad reaction to like their baby. So, um, so I sat there for that long, you know, twelve hours of just sitting there with IVs, not being allowed to move around, having a fetal monitor. Um, and then the, I think my OB came in and checked me and she was like, she told me that it was like false labor and that I wasn't actually 
um, progressing. And so she was like, just, just go home and relax and come back in when you're ready. <laughs> so I went through 17 hours of just sitting in the hospital for no reason. No, um, and getting pumped that was really discouraging. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, not comfortable. I was just like sitting in a hospital bed for that long. Oh, oh that's um, horrible. And on top of that, like I had like a lot of people with me. I had my husband, my mom was oh, there, no. which I love my mom. But, and then I had like my mother-in-law and you know, everybody's like, that's their first grandchild. So everybody's like waiting patiently, wondering what's happening. So I went home <laughs> and then about a week later, got another cervical sweep. <laughs> and of course it started contractions again. And then I went back in same thing, another four or two rounds of antibiotics. So I had four rounds total of antibiotics with her, wow. which was like, now like it hurts my heart knowing that like she was born with that much in her. I don't know if my internet, I think, I hope it's okay. It's okay. I don't know if that was on your end. Okay. Um, anyway, so, uh, so yeah, I did all that again. And then they started me on Pitocin because I wasn't progressing fast enough. Um, and honestly, I was, I'm now looking back, like knowing how much Pitocin affects people. I am surprised that I was able to handle it so well. Um, and it took me, I went in like at night, stayed the whole night started progressing and I had her in the afternoon the next day. Um, and I got kind of lucky because there was my, my OB that I had had through my pregnancy was not there. When I actually gave birth, there was this other, um, doctor who had been a midwife in Italy and he was actually a, a man, which I thought I'd be really uncomfortable with, but he walked in there and I could, you can barely understand his accent because his accent was so thick. And he was like, he just basically was like, you do whatever you want to do. He was like, you want to squat on the floor? You squat on the floor. I'll bring you a mirror. He was oh, like, wow. he was great. And I, I still ended up being on my back. I don't know. I think it was probably the nurses that kind of um, encouraged that. I don't really know because he wasn't in there a whole lot. Yeah. Um, but I think I pushed her for like, I want to say 30 minutes. This is why I should have wrote all this down. <laughs> but, um, and I feel like that was like almost an out of body experience. Like I was just praying and I just felt like, like I had, I know there was pain, but it was so like such an ethereal experience that I felt like, like I wasn't like feeling the pain that I was expecting. And it, it almost felt like I was like looking down on myself. I know I wasn't, but it felt just like out of body. I don't know how to describe it. And you know, the minute I pushed her out, the minute I felt her hair, really, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is a real being that's coming out of me. And then she, they laid her on my chest and it was just from there, I was just hooked on babies and motherhood mm -hmm. and all that stuff, you know, <laughs> that, so, yeah. And then of course, you know, they, they took her away pretty quickly to check her, all her vitals and measure her, measure her and like, you know, bathe her and I didn't know anything about all that at the time either. So, um, and then with the breastfeeding, that was awful. No. <laughs> um, the, like the lack of help at mm -hmm. the hospital, at least where I'm at was not great. <laughs> yep. Um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that I learned just through my like training, like my doula training this year that I was like, Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so that was terrible. And I ended up like hand pumping for like weeks and I didn't even know there was such thing as an electric press pump. <laughs> so wow. I was using a hand, like a little hand expressing thing, like on both sides, like one at a time to feed her. Cause she wasn't latching. And wow. now I know she has ties and stuff, but I didn't wow. know anything about that. So that was a whole journey. And then when she was, let's see, my girls are 15 months apart. So it was around like, I think April or March or April when we got pregnant again. And that was also planned. <laughs> um, and I just went to the same hospital again. Um, but this time, I think because I knew what my experience was, like I was a little more, I think I had a lot more fear in me um, mm. knowing what was going to happen. And I think of, especially because of the like, I think it was prodromal labor probably that they kind of sent me into when I was, when I didn't have her the first time, you know, and I had to go back. Um, so I, I kind of was like, I had a lot of fear during my my second daughter's pregnancy. I had a lot of, um, like 
prenatal anxiety and depression. Um, it could have been postpartum too, because I guess I had a baby, like she was not even walking <laughs> when I was pregnant. So, um, so I had the same, same doctor or OB. Um, she wasn't bad, but wasn't great, just average. <laughs> um, and then I, I ended up going into labor more naturally with her. Um, I was actually taking maternity pictures and I didn't think I was in labor because I was just so sure that it was fake labor like the first time. <laughs> so I went through like a whole entire day of like having contractions all day long and went to maternity pictures. We had our friends over for dinner and at dinner, my friend was like, do you think that maybe you should just get a gown, like, like go to Ross and get a skirt and a bra just in case? <laughs> Cause I was like, I don't even have like all my stuff packed. Like I have nothing ready. Wow. Um, and, and I knew I didn't want to wear the hospital gown again. So mm -hmm. she's like, well, what if we just go to Ross and just get some just in case. And so mm -hmm. we ended up going to Ross and getting me some, like a skirt and a, like a nursing bra to wear in labor. Mm -hmm. And I went to bed that night and we kind of decided like if, if it kept going through the night, then we would go in in the morning and we did. So that was kind of cool. Um, not to have like anything start my labor. Mm. Um, and then, but then they still gave me Pitocin when I got there again. Um, and with her, I was already dilated like three centimeters, um, quite a while before I went into labor as well. So I think my body just sits at that probably naturally for a while. Um, and then with her, I got, I was up a lot more moving a lot. I danced with my husband a lot in the room and they because they at that time they had um the like i don't know the cordless monitor things that go around your stomach um the the hospital was brand new the first time that i was there so i think they just didn't have all the stuff available yet so that time was it was better but i still had gbs so i still had to sit there for all the antibiotics again <laughs> and um it was, it was good because this time I didn't have my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law in the room. It was just my mom for, for the most part, it was my mom and my husband. Um, it was a lot more intimate. We had a birth photographer, which I really appreciated because mm -hmm. I didn't really get a lot of pictures the first time. Yeah. Um, so it was just, it was special. I felt like I enjoyed the labor part of it a lot more. Um, but then because she wasn't progressing like they wanted to, you know, they upped the Pitocin and, um, I ended up being in like the king's chair in the bed for a long time, just sitting there breathing through contractions. And it was just, it was a lot more painful and I felt like I couldn't handle it as much as oh. I did the first time. Yeah. Uh, even, even with me moving around, I just like, I couldn't get over that hump of fear and anxiety. So, um, and then I think I was there probably about 24 hours as well. I had her like closer, almost midnight, not quite. Um, so I was there from the morning until, no, I guess it wasn't that long. Yeah, morning till that evening. So, but try to think. Um, yeah. So then the and then the OB that I had had the first time, she was there presently that second time. So, um, and she was just not as like excited as the other doctor that I had had. Like the the male doctor, he was. He was like very encouraging the whole time I was pushing and stuff. Whereas she was just very like stern and more serious, like focused, I guess. But, <laughs> but the look on her face was like, it wasn't like she was seeing a baby be born. It was just like, like something was wrong. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And my, so my, my husband was by my side. My sister was standing like right next to him and my mom was right there too. And they're like my, like they're my support. Like I love them. They're the people that I wanted there, but um, I remember pushing her out and it took, I think it took me like two hours to push her out. It was a lot longer and I was like completely on my back, mm -hmm. um, with my feet in the stirrups. And then right after she came out, I remember like looking at the doctor and she just had this terrible, like not happy look on her face, like very serious and almost like scared. And then my mom and my husband and my sister all had the same look on their faces too and later on I found out that I had hemorrhaged um and lost quite a lot of blood and so I guess everybody was like a whole bunch of nurses came in I didn't they didn't tell me so I didn't know what was going on oh so it was kind God. of she was, they stayed she stayed on my chest but it just I was like why is everybody acting Take like <laughs> like they're like this isn't a good thing that this baby just came out of me 
Um, and I definitely felt a lot different at that time. Like I, I felt relief that she was there, but I also felt really out of it and really tired. Mm. Um, and it was just different, a different experience. And then, um, same thing at the hospital, not a lot of help with, um, eating. She, my second daughter has a lot of like very obvious ties, which I don't know why Mm -hmm. they wouldn't notice that. And then also I forgot to mention with having the group B strep, they make you stay for three days with that, um, to monitor the baby. (laughs) And I didn't know that I could like, now I know like my friends have told me, you could have just said, no, you could have signed a waiver and just left. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I didn't know that they don't tell you that they make it seem like you You're have to break the law. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's like, so jail. I stayed and it was, I mean, it was kind of like, it's kind of nice, like getting, you know, the room service and people taking care of you and helping you go to the bathroom and all that kind of stuff. But other than that, like I would have much rather been at home with mm-hmm. my kids, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that was hard. And then I had pretty, pretty rough postpartum depression and anxiety with her. Mm. Um, for quite a while and then she had like reflux <laughs> and um, um she also didn't latch really well she, I, I stopped breastfeeding both my girls like very early like I think my second was seven months my first was even earlier than that she was because because at the time I was also pregnant so I don't think she I don't think I was producing what I should have been um I also didn't know I needed to eat more <laughs> So Mm -hmm. I was like in the mindset of like trying to, you know, bounce back and lose weight, but also have Mm -hmm. a baby. So, so that, that whole like two years was just really rough and really Mm -hmm. tiring in a lot of ways. Um, I feel like I've processed it pretty well by now, seven years after the fact, but, um, after that, I was like, I don't want to go through that again. Um, oh, and I had HG with my second daughter as well. I forgot to mention that. So it wasn't quite as bad, but it was still pretty pretty rough <laughs> did they put um, you on any like um meds again for that or they no? did yeah they just i i didn't want to be throwing up and having a toddler to take care of i mean she wasn't oh, even yeah. a toddler she was under <laughs> under one so i was like i can't Mm-mm. can't be thrown up with a baby no, that's rough. <laughs> I, did, I did take care of myself nutritionally a lot better during that pregnancy i um i tried to do better but it was still i still was craving junk fast food and just like <laughs> that was just my thing <laughs> during both those pregnancies and I gained a lot of weight both times too which they also didn't make me feel good about you know every time you oh. step on the scale and they they're yeah. like you need to watch your weight you know and mm-hmm. um and I was just eating what I could when I could and when it felt like it was going to stay down <laughs> oh. even if it was like you know Taco Bell <laughs> but um so yeah then after that um we waited for a while we just didn't feel ready to have another baby for a long time after that and it was really fun just having two two girls so close together like it was hard but also like they're it was like having two babies together and they they're they're best friends (laughs) really fight a lot (laughs) um (laughs) so then it was like I think 2019 when it was actually it probably wasn't the best um decision we were out for my sister's birthday drinking (laughs) and we went bowling and stuff and got a little little tipsy (laughs) and I was like I was like what if we just stop stop not trying (laughs) and we got pregnant that night so yeah it was like that was it so um and I didn't find out till December of 2019 and um and then a couple months later COVID hit um and we hadn't found I hadn't gone I knew I wasn't going to go back to that hospital again so we hadn't really decided um, where I was going, we knew we, we knew we wanted a home birth, but then, you know, COVID happened and it just, everybody was freaking out and we didn't know what mm-hmm. to do at first. <laughs> um, so I interviewed one midwife and she was really expensive. Um, and I couldn't, I, I don't Now I would pay anything to have a good midwife, but at the <laughs> time, you know, I was like, I can't afford that price. Mm-hmm. Um, so I looked elsewhere. And at the time, I really only knew of two really good ones in the area. So I interviewed the other one and I felt like really comfortable with her. And she didn't like make me wear a mask when I was like in the, in her house. And she, she was just really chill about that. And at a time when everybody else was really not being chill, I was like, I need, I need some chill. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, it felt, it just felt right. Like I felt like I clicked with her really well. 
um, and she had, she was had a lot of experience. She's in her seventies, so um, yeah, it, his pregnancy was definitely not as hard as um, the first two. I think partially because I got really healthy and I exercised a lot and I got really fit and I took care of my nutrition a lot better. Um, not to say that I still didn't crave fast food sometimes, but um, <laughs> I I think it was probably, I think around 12 weeks, I was bleeding pretty heavily with him. And at that time I didn't have a midwife yet. And so I didn't know what to do. So I called my friend and she was like, um, she's like, well, my, my midwife, um, she'll tell you what to do. Like, just call her, like, tell her you, I, I sent you. So she helped me. She got, got me on progesterone. She told me where to go get an ultrasound that wouldn't be like expensive. And he was fine. <laughs> um, which was, that was really scary. Um, cause I thought, I was like sure walking into the ultrasound that there wasn't going to be a heartbeat mm-hmm. and there was <laughs> um, do you know why the bleeding was happening i th- i don't know i think it could have been that i was just sensitive oh sorry um sensitive to i don't know if it had to do with having sex or something but i was just like it just wasn't stopping um wow and so but it stopped after i started taking progesterone and i just like rested and um, stopped stressing so much. And I think that that helped. Um, so I don't know, but yeah, it was interesting. And then, so, and then I found my midwife a little bit while after that and his, but then I think taking the progesterone, cause I did have HG symptoms up until I started that. And probably I'd say like a month or two after that of taking progesterone consistently, I stopped being sick, which wow. I thought was interesting. And, I, and I've heard since that progesterone can help with HG so um that it can be like an estrogen imbalance so I don't know but this pregnancy was pretty um easy compared to the other two um and I don't know if it's because he was a boy or if it's just all the different (laughs) factors um maybe lower having a lower stress situation with a midwife I don't know but um and it was it was hard like going through COVID with being pregnant because it was just really you know, everything was up in the air and mm-hmm. kind of, oh, and we were having forest fires at that time too. So like when I was like around when he was born, there was so much smoke, we couldn't go outside. Oh like my it was really bad. Like you could smell it through our doors and our windows, like when they were shut. So, so it was like, I was like really doom and gloom <laughs> when I was pregnant with him for a while oh there. God. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like, so that was hard, but then, um, I, I was still really impatient with like getting him out for some reason. I don't know what it was about like getting to like 40 weeks or whatever. I felt like I just, he had to be out by then. He had to be ready by then. So I asked for, I asked for to, them to check me one time. Um, and it was good because there was like a midwife that was training and she'd never done it before. So she kind of like learned and like did that on me and she, but she was super sweet and kind about it and like was reassuring like is this okay does this hurt like which was a lot better than like all the other doctors should just check you without asking mm-hmm. um, which I never thought about that either a long time <laughs> like before that I was like I just thought that was normal mm-hmm. um, but and she said I was like I think a two or a three so same thing <laughs> um and but but I didn't like ask them to do anything after that and then getting closer to the 40-week mark I asked them to do one membrane sweep <laughs> Um, again, just because I, I was having like prodromal labor for like weeks and I was like, so done. It was like over, like through the night into the morning, it'd just be the same stuff. And then it would just go away and <laughs> it was exhausting. And I just was, I was tired. Um, and, oh, and we were having power outages in our apartment complex. And I was like, like scared that if there was a power outage, like how <laughs> would I call the midwife or how, like how would they be able to like get me hot water for the bath or, you know, just like all these weird things. It was, it was crazy. Um, (laughs) and so I, I don't remember. I think I was like, I was, I was exactly 40 weeks and I was getting impatient and, um, I tried everything like to try to get him to come out. I was walking all the time, nothing was working. And so after 40 weeks and two days, I was like, I asked my midwife, I was like, could I try, nipple stimulation with a breast pump 
And she was like, yes, but you need to be careful with that. Um, she said, she told me how to do it. She gave me instructions and she said, if anything gets too intense, you need to stop right away. Um, so I did like, I think it was like very light stimulation for like 10 minutes. And then I would take like a long break and then do it again if nothing happened. Um, I think I did that like twice in the morning and I went on the long walk and nothing happened. <laughs> um, and then like, I think it was like five o'clock at night. I decided to sit on the couch and do it again. And I sent my husband and my daughters to go get food <laughs> and like they left. And like 15 minutes later, I called my husband because I, I had had a really strong contraction, like right after the breast pump turned on. And I called my husband and I was like, I don't know if this is real, but this hurts really bad. <laughs> and so I stopped it right away and I turned it off and I got up to go to the bathroom and like less than a minute later, another contraction hit and I was like on the floor. I couldn't oh. even, I couldn't walk. It was so painful. <laughs> um, so I don't recommend trying to start labor with a breast pump because it like, it literally was like back to back contractions for the next like four hours. Like I, my husband got home and I was crawling on the floor to our master bedroom to go get in the shower because I couldn't even stand up. So at that time it was like six o'clock, I think. And, um, I called my midwife and I was like, I don't know if this is it, but this is really, really painful and they're really coming fast. And so she got ready and started coming over and I had a really big support team this time. I had like all my best friends, my mom, my sister, my dad, like, but they're all like out in the other room. None of them made me feel pressured to like progress fast. I was alone with my husband the majority of the mm -hmm. time. Um, and my best friend was my doula and nice. she didn't go through any training. She just, she just was my doula and it was, it was amazing. Um, and I just, I labored in my room and it was so, it was just so calm and peaceful. Like having I had all these little led candles everywhere and I was able to eat like before my labor really picked up, which I had not been able to do before. Um, and I remember that like I had like peanut butter toast <laughs> and it was like, mm -hmm. if it tasted like the best food that I'd ever eaten because I was so tired and my body was, it was struggling to get through that labor. But I, mm -hmm. you know, I was like laboring on like my hands and knees on the bed, like on the bed. And then my doula would do counter pressure on my back and my husband was talking to me and, it was just a whole different experience to be able to just be in the comfort of my house. Mm -hmm. um, and the for the most part, my midwife and the ones that were training just stayed out of the room unless they needed to check me or, um, and I didn't, I asked them to check me. They didn't like say I needed to be. Um, so that was nice. And then I kind of just went back and forth between the bedroom and the toilet and the bathroom, um, which I thought I would never do. I don't know why I've always thought it was like, gross to sit on the toilet while you're in labor because like I thought if the baby came out <laughs> they're gonna just like plop into the water <laughs> so I, I just I, was, I didn't want that to happen but the toilet was like what changed everything sitting in that position um mm -hmm. I like it, it was to the point where like towards the end of my labor I couldn't even get off the toilet because it was just like so intense and it was working so well <laughs> wow. that I had to have like the people that were in the room help me back to the bed Wow. Um, so that was pretty cool to, it was really cool to just experience my body doing what it was supposed to do without anything else mm -hmm. intervening and telling my body what to do. Um, exactly. I think that those contractions were more painful than even the Pitocin, um, induced contractions. Wow. And I, I re I've heard since then that like a lot of it probably was the breast pump. <laughs> so oh. I, I wonder how long he would have stayed in there if I hadn't done that. Um, so I think it was around like, it was like six, it was like around 10 o'clock that he was born. Um, and I ended up being, he was in a different, he wasn't in the right position. Um, the majority of the time that I was laboring. So I was kind of worried about that. I was doing a lot of inversion stuff before, um, I went into labor, hoping that that would flip him, but it didn't. Um, and then I felt the urge to push, like it was, I couldn't, couldn't stop it. So I was like on the bed on my right side, like laying down and I was like holding my, I was like, had my hand around the mattress like, and I was like gripping it and like pulling the mattress was like bending upward because I was pulling on it so hard. Oh my and my God. husband was behind me um, holding my leg up. And then the midwife was like down below. 
and I was pushing and my bag of waters was still intact at that time, but he was already trying to come out. And so she was like, I, she was like, I think I'm going to just, if it's okay with you, I'm going to pop this so that we can get him to descend and come out. And once she, like, when she did that, the water just went everywhere. It splattered on the wall, the curtain, on her. And then everybody was just laughing about it. It was, it was so funny. Um, wow. And, like, it wasn't funny to me at the time because I was like, no, of course not. Insane. But like now looking back, like, like afterward, I was laughing with them about it. Um, and after that, like, that was it. And, but he um, ended up coming out with his little hand kind of by his head. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was so cool, like having a birth photographer there, like actually taking pictures of him emerging. Cause I didn't have that before with the other photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, that was so cool to like actually see pictures of that. And, mm-hmm. and then I found out later that the position that I was pushing in, um, is a really great position for the position that he was in when he was trying to turn. So, wow. um, and then, you know, just the whole, like being at home in your bed and having everybody taking care of you, bringing you food mm-hmm. and, just like they let me stay with him as long as I wanted. I birthed my placenta in my bed. Um, it wasn't painful. I do wish I hadn't allowed any fundal massage because that hurt. <laughs> but oh, yeah. I, didn't hemor- I didn't hemorrhage or anything, which was great. Um, and then I got to have a bath. They gave me an herbal bath with like candlelight and they let me have him in the bathtub with me. And she like showed me how to like hold his head above the water so that his body could just float on his back. It was so cool. <laughs> Um, yeah it was just a really really cool experience I really Mm -hmm. wanted a burger after that but everything was closed because COVID (laughs) shut everything down after like I think everybody closed at like nine or eight you know during the week at that time (laughs) but like my my all my friends like I had like all my childhood best friends with me um Mm -hmm. and they just stayed and made like they cleaned my kitchen they made me a big plate of food and we just all like sat there and hung out and it was like I, that birth made me wish that I could just like invite every single person to bir- a birth just to, so that they could see how it's, how it can be and how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Cause a lot of people, you know, they're so scared of what it is going to be like. And now I think I want the privacy of just me and my husband next time, but <laughs> it was really, <laughs> truly the coolest experience that I've ever had. Um, and then with him, I had a lot of postpartum issues as well. Um, and he also had latching issues. So I do wish that I had had somebody, my my midwife just said that everything was okay and that we're learning each other. Um, but I wish I had sought out like a consultant earlier on. Um, and then I had like, I don't know, I think it's called like DMER where you, um, when you're, when your baby latches or when they start to eat, you get like almost depressed or like panicked or some people vomit um because of like the hormone um release so I had that but I would just be like sitting in my chair feeding him and I felt like like the room was spinning so I I had blood pressure issues but then I also had that this feeling of like everything's like I'm gonna die right now like and I I felt like the world was over and it was like this, I can't really describe it. It was a really strange feeling. I've never mm-hmm. felt that way in my life. It was like, it was really scary. And um, it didn't happen with any of like the first no. two? No, I had like baby blues, you know, like the week after maybe, but it was like very short lived. But this was like, it felt like, like I was just going to sink into a hole and not exist anymore kind of, but like, wow. But it wasn't like me thinking that it was like that. It was like so real to me. Um <gasps> And, but that combined with like the room spinning or like, it would feel like I was about to like sink backwards and like fall or like the room would be spinning and then it would get worse when I'd go lay down. It would feel like my whole bed was tilting Oh my and God. it was terrifying. And I, I remember like being so scared. I'd, I'd put my son in like the little, um, bassinet thing that I had next to the bed because I was so scared that like, I was going to just die in my sleep and not wake up the next day. And that... Yeah it was just it was awful oh my um, gosh. I only lasted for like two weeks but it was like I talked to my midwife about it and she said th- she thought it had to do with my blood pressure um but then like every time that she'd check it as soon as I started taking deep breaths my blood pressure was fine so I don't know if it was in my head I don't know it was 
was crazy. That <laughs> and is then, and then he had latch issues too. So I started, I ended up exclusively pumping with him um, mm. until he was like six months old. And around that time we started using a nipple shield and he magically decided to like latch and start feeding again. Um, and okay. then that only lasted about a month. <laughs> and then um, I don't know if it was a bad latch and he wasn't, um, getting enough and it was causing my body to slow down production or what, or if my production just stops at seven months, but that was it. He like, he stopped again after that. And then we ended up putting him on formula. Um, mm -hmm. so with all three of my kids, my production has stopped around six or seven months. So I'm not sure if it's my hormones or something else, but something that I know now to go get help with instead of waiting. Um, but as far as like postpartum goes, it was pretty good besides the pumping. That was really hard <laughs> and mm. not, um, it was just a lot of work, you know, it felt like I had this a whole other thing that I had to drag with me everywhere all the time. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and then, you know, the issue of like him not liking certain bottles or, oh, you course. know, all that stuff. And, but, um, the only issue that I had that was like postpartum depression kind of stuff was when I was, I got my placenta encapsulated. And when I was taking that, I had like really bad, like, like rage. I felt like just my, my, I was all over the place. And then, um, one of my, my best friends, she was like, she was like, I stopped taking my placenta because I felt this, this, and this. And I was like, well, that's how I feel too. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to stop taking my placenta. And the minute I did that, I felt fine. Wow. So I don't know if I had like too much, like if I had re, um, like mineralized my body too much and I didn't need all that that I had lost when I was pregnant or something but that was really strange to did you experience. have your um placenta encapsulated with the other two or just your son no just my son so I wonder how it would have how it would have played out like if I had done that with my first two because mm -hmm. I was I think mm -hmm. I was very deficient in a lot of things during my pregnancy with both of them so maybe it would have helped me with them but but with my son like I was taking like beef liver cod liver oil like all these different things and I was really making sure to have like a well-rounded diet with him so I wonder if I just didn't need it mm. but it was really weird <laughs> so but I don't think I don't think I'll do that again <laughs> yeah I don't think so. I would ever I don't know the thought of it kind of grosses me <laughs> I thought I kind of did it first with me too but then I was like, well, if it's yeah, good it try, for you, then yeah, why not? I was like, at least I'll get it done. That way, if I need it, because I had heard it could help with your milk supply or like all these other issues that you can have. And I was like, well, I'd rather have that on hand than like have them yeah. toss my placenta and not have it available yeah. anymore. So I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't great, but that's okay. <laughs> so yeah, but then, and then postpartum, you know, it went pretty normal and he's three now and yeah. I still feel like he's like my little tiny baby. Oh. I think I'm just very attached to him because I got to like experience a good time with him this mm -hmm. whole time. Whereas yep. with my first two, I was it was really stressful with being depressed and anxious, and we were living with family at the time, and it was just it was just a lot. So mm -hmm. yeah, those are my, my stories. So with your your second when you hemorrhage, did mm -hmm. the OB pull out your placenta? I wonder, but I don't know. My I've asked my husband, and he didn't even know what that was at the time. Like if like he didn't know what that looked like to have a placenta pulled out. Yeah. Um, and I think they were so focused, like my mom and him were so focused on me that they both said they don't I remember. But mm -hmm. I, I, I kind of wonder if they might have done that. Um, so I don't remember much of that though. It was it's like very blurry. Um, yeah. I don't really know what was going on at the time until everything was over and everything was okay, and then they just didn't talk about it. It was really weird. I, I kind of, I'm curious to like know if I could get my records from the hospital and just like see if there's like, if they have any notes about what they did or I don't know. I'm, I'm curious about that. I don't, I don't know. I, yeah. I don't, maybe they, I don't, I don't know. I don't know maybe if they can they release that to me or not. They don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I know that they do a lot of typing on their computer and, mm -hmm. you know, doing all this stuff. So I, I've thought about like asking, but I never have. Give it a try. Why not? What's the yeah. harm? <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I, yeah. I feel like it's also, I want to get my 
my daughters because I swear they gave her the vitamin K when I told them not to. Yeah. Um, but I feel like going about and actually getting the records is just a pain in the butt. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> give you the runaround. So I'm just like, Probably. Uh, I guess, you know, ignorance is bliss. I don't, I don't, I don't have a that. Right. Do you think that they would record that though? Like if say you said no and they did that, I do you would, think that they would even write I that? I would think they would because if you're taking a drug or whatever out of your stock, it has to be recorded, that I would makes think. makes sense, yeah. So unless they gave somebody a double dose of it or something, I don't know, yeah. I feel like they would have to record that because I didn't even think they would but then my mom was like no i believe like they'll record stuff like that so you can ask for her okay no they won't tell me (laughs) i just wonder about my daughter my old i don't i don't really i don't want to (laughs) know no really i think it'd bother me but oh yeah it'll just make me mad and then i can't do anything about it now so like i'm blessed to to probably like go about actually suing them or getting them in trouble is a whole other nightmare so it's just like whatever that's probably why they do or if they did do it too they know they're not going to get any backlash from it so Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah that's true yeah unbelievable (laughs) insane i wanted to look at the questions you had sent me because i didn't know if i missed anything i was kind of hard like thinking back on it because i just haven't haven't written it all down (laughs) Yeah, it's been yeah, it's been quite friend. a while. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see, I can't can't find the paper that you sent. Do you have any other like questions you wanted to ask me? I don't think so. I feel like you got most of it, cool. unless you remember something you want to tell. No, I don't think. So. <laughs> this makes me sad, like thinking about like the lack of like education that I had before. Mm. Oh, like, I, I thought I, I was good. And like, actually, because yeah. like, I didn't want to end up in the hospital in the first place, but I thought, hey, if it does happen, I'm prepared. But yeah. then I get there, they don't listen to you whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Like I said, no, don't listen. Like, yeah. what is the point yeah. of being informed and saying, I don't want this or I don't want that? And they do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> especially when you're not in like the place to be able to speak for yourself, like strongly, mm-hmm. if you're so tired and out of it. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, especially like I, not good. by the time I got to the hospital, it was like over 24 hours of labor. I had not drank anything. I had not eaten. Yeah. I was like out of it. Yes. So like to think if that was another mom and she was trying to advocate for herself, mm-hmm. you're in like another mindset. Like you're mm-hmm. weak. You're delusional. Yes. <laughs> and like saying things like, oh, no, I don't want that. They're just like, whatever. Yeah. And even if your husband's on the same page or your mm-hmm. doula's on the same page, like yeah. there's only so much those people can do too yeah, if they're if exactly. they're doing what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So because like you're not in a place like that, you are not the authority, even though it's your yeah. body, your birth, it's still they're in charge. So mm-hmm. whatever they say goes. You mean nothing. Yeah. So even if you do have a doula or you do have your husband, yeah they're not in charge so mm-hmm. <laughs> they'll just be walked all over and that yeah. is so sad and it, yeah. it makes me angry like <laughs> yeah makes me makes me pretty like, mad too oh i can't yeah. <laughs> it's hard because like i know there's there is a lot of like i don't think that i had bad experiences necessarily compared to like a lot of other people's horror mm-hmm. stories that they've had oh yeah but i do i just wish that i had been more sure of myself and what i wanted instead of mm-hmm. I mean, the first time I didn't know what I wanted, but the second time I did have more of an idea of what I wanted, but I still, I just felt like I was being rude or, mm-hmm. or just like, I couldn't say no to stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. And even now it's, it's taken me like seven years to be like, to know exactly what I want to do when it comes to motherhood or mm-hmm. to have boundaries with people. Like it's taken me that long. So like, if, if you don't have solid boundaries in the first place, Yep. Um, how is that going to play out in your birth? You know, if you exactly if you can't, if you can't even make a decision for yourself in a, another area of your life mm-hmm. during birth, it's going to be a lot harder. So, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, and I also wish that I had educated myself about breastfeeding more because I kind of would just I was in the mindset of like, 
well, breastfeeding is natural. Like mm-hmm. it's just what's supposed to happen. So it's going to work. Yep, <laughs> and I was yep. so wrong. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Yeah. I your story really resonated with me about your yeah. breastfeeding journey. So <laughs> I literally yeah. thought, I'm like, oh, I'll just make milk and mm-hmm. my baby will eat. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And even so, with pumping, like nope. it still wasn't working the way I wanted to. Mm-hmm. I wasn't getting enough out of nope. the pump. Uh, and I didn't know no. about flange size until mm-hmm. my third child. Mm-hmm. And even then I learned about flange size, like two months into pumping. Yeah. And no I, wonder my nipples I, hurt so bad. Oh gosh. It was, I'm surprised that the hospital of all effing places would be like, oh yeah, no, you don't have the right flange size. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> like they like everybody's bodies up. are completely different. Like yeah. everybody mm-hmm. is going to have a different yeah. size nipple. Or... Exactly. Yeah. The, the they... pump I had gotten was like the biggest size you can freaking get. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm the tiniest. So yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine like that like oh, it oh, hurts. No. Uh, I don't even like I can I can still feel that feeling of like oh, it hurts. pain. Yeah. But then once you get the right size, then it's fine. Like, it, it was fine. It takes yep, a while exactly. to heal. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, nope. so, once I got the right size, actually pumping, it was fine. Like it wasn't yeah. uncomfortable. It it was fine, except I wasn't producing anything. So I'm just like, all right. I'm gonna stop because this is pointless <laughs> yeah they also don't like tell you that you can get like a pump from mm-hmm. like through your insurance like I had I had to have oh, yeah. friends tell me stuff like that rather yeah, than them saying yeah. this is available to you mm-hmm. so and then they send you home with like a lot of formula samples and mm-hmm. kind of set you up for like the mindset yep, of failure. oh I'm gonna have to use this at some point because yeah. mm-hmm. um it's not gonna work so and that's frustrating yes. too oh yeah I didn't so. even like I was that determined to breastfeed that I did not buy backup formula because I'm like, no, this is what's gonna happen. This is what mm-hmm. I'm gonna do. And then go to the hospital and I couldn't. And then they I don't know why they kept having to like prick her. I don't know if it was her like blood levels or whatever. Well, yeah. And they were like, Well, if she doesn't get them up or if they don't stay the same, um, we're gonna have to keep pricking her and she's not eating so i'm like <laughs> yeah that's, all right that's fine hard. Formula, i'll eventually stop it but then when i wasn't making anything i'm like oh great well she's gotta eat i'm like this yeah. sucks <laughs> it's really discouraging because it makes you feel like there's something wrong with you mm-hmm. oh yeah like no i wish more I'm people talked that. about that stuff like mm-hmm. it's taken me to like to find like accounts that like talk about exclusively pumping and like the good mm-hmm. side of it or like you know, just all the things that you wish that you hear, you, that you could hear when you're going through it. Like, oh yeah, I just wish it was more widespread talking about, like, not the hard side of it because I don't want to. I don't think it. People should make other people feel scared about what could happen, but like just to know what yeah. to do if you go through something like that. Exactly. Know. Yeah, that's one of the reasons power. I wanted. Yeah, <laughs> that's one of the reasons why I decided to pursue. Um my path as a doula just because like not only do I want moms to have a really good experience with their birth and to feel like sure of themselves but also I don't want them to feel alone like during the postpartum period whether it's through breastfeeding or like like when you have postpartum depression and anxiety it's like it's you're so lonely and you isolate Mm -hmm. and and no one knows that you're not okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) unless somebody can read you really well and I just I don't want women to go through that it shouldn't be that way makes yeah. me really sad so, mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah. But, did you apart from Callie's group did you do uh-huh. um any other doula certification mm-hmm. uh dona I'm still actually in the process of completing that which um I really loved my trainer she was amazing um she was very I feel like some of the stuff she said really aligns with like what our mentorship group does oh wow um, but I, I do feel like a lot of what we learned in the training class, because it was like a three-day training, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I like six or seven training. hours. Yeah. Um, I feel like I could have learned all, almost all of that online through YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only thing that was different was like we were doing some hands-on stuff. But even then, I've practiced more at home with like my husband or my kids than I did at the actual class. Um, yeah. But as far as like the trainer herself, like I feel like she was very, she's been very supportive. 
Um, I can still reach out to her whenever I need help. Um, oh, nice. She was very sweet. Um, and I didn't yeah. pay a whole lot. I know a lot of people pay a crap ton of money for those trainings, but I, I think I only spent, I want to say $600. Um, so, I mean, it's still a good chunk of money and I'm still, because there's some hospitals that require certification, um, through something like Dona, I'm, I'm still pursuing finishing that, um, in the case that I have a mom who transfers to a hospital around here who wants that or something. Mm. But, um, I've gotten a lot more out of the, uh, out of Callie's mentorship than any other learning that I've done besides like some of the books that I've read and things like that. So, nice. but yeah, it was not something I would do again, but also <laughs> I'm, I'm not like mad about it that I did it. Cause I like, that's what spurred me. My friend asked me to, to do it with her. And so my best friend and then the friend that asked me she we all did it together and that was really fun oh that's um, fun <laughs> and so like we're all like doulas together so nice. that, that's a good thing and um I don't know if I would have like jumped into it right away if I hadn't done the donut training um just because it was the opportunity that, that was put in front of me yeah like, I already knew that I wanted to be a part of something like that but I also didn't know at the time that you don't have to be like certified to be a doula you don't have to be certified to support women mm -hmm. it's just what women do yeah <laughs> so exactly it's <laughs> um, really that's really cool that we can do that but um I didn't didn't think about that so yeah yeah but, hey you got you got some training in it that's yeah cool <laughs> yep. it works <laughs> now I know like what I don't want to do and what I do want to do mm -hmm. and I'm still obviously learning and growing and I always will be, but yeah, definitely. I love, I love that we get to have like a lifetime of mentorship together. That's like the coolest, coolest thing about that, about Kelly oh, yeah. mentorship. I love it. It like is. Little, she little has family. so many women, like like-minded women together. It, it's, it's been so cool. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. I love it. Of. Yeah. It's awesome. So <laughs> All right. Um, do you have any resources you want to share? At the moment, no. <laughs> Anything from Callie? <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. My I I love Ina May Gaskin's book um, the, about birth, but um, I don't know. I just watch a lot of YouTube like birth videos, <laughs> and I listen to. I love the Birthing Instincts podcast. I don't know. I'm sure a lot of people have heard about that um, with Dr. Stu. Um, He's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I love everything he has to say. And he, he talks in such a kind way, too. It's not like he's like this like high and mighty. I know more mm -hmm. than you can. Like he's, he's very gentle and kind about the way he talks about stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, so I really like that. Um, uh, there's a lot of like YouTube like ladies that make really good doula content. Um, I don't know, but as far as like birth, I feel like just like searching positive births or peaceful births on YouTube, it's just like, it's helpful just to watch that and kind of see how those play out. Um, and I, I thought it was really helpful listening to people's birth stories in general, like on podcasts. Um, yeah. And I mean, I can, I can recommend like a local breastfeeding like consultant that I really like, but I don't know. I, I'm not going to share where exactly I am. So <laughs> if people want to reach out to me, I'll gladly share. Um, yeah, just in general, I feel like it's, it's helpful to follow people that are actually helpful, like on social media and, you know, do away with all the negative and things that are, that just pull you down, you know? So mm -hmm. yeah, so that's, nice. that's about all, all the recommendations I've got right now that works uh what are some ways listeners can connect with you um they can go to my email i don't have a website or my instagram it's at the marissa lynn um and then my email uh is soul doula services co at gmail.com um and i serve women in home birth and um birth centers at the moment i don't know if that will change in the future we'll see <laughs> But yeah, I'm in the Northern Colorado area, so. Nice. Yeah. All right. Thank you for coming yeah, on and sharing your me. 
stories. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's been really fun to hear all the other stories you've shared on your podcast. So it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. I love it. Awesome. All right. Bye. Bye.